0: Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximising it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk.
1: Today we're going to be talking to Lisa Turner and Lisa is a trauma expert and founder of Psy Academy, which is a spiritual and consciousness awakening organization specializing in training professional coaches and practitioners in trauma recovery. Lisa um, has a massive amount of experience but she's had an author of five books, a speaker, a creator of proven deep transformational technologies explain our past, predict our future and increase our success. Today I'm going to be talking to Lisa about um, how you can recognise how you're disempowering your financial position or where you're disempowering yourself financially. So let's get talking to Lisa. So (laughs) welcome to the show today. I've got the wonderful Lisa Turner who always puts a smile on my face. She's a complete and utter bombshell of fun and Honestly, the the things that this woman knows, she's multicultural, multi layered, multi educated, um, and it's always a fascinating time. So welcome, Lisa. Thank
2: you. It's lovely to be here. I was just waiting for you to say yeah. And she's a little bit bonkers as well. <laughs> when you said bomb, I thought you were going to say bonkers. I don't. Yeah, I'll go with that. A, li-
1: a little bit, but a little bit, just a little bit. It's, it's a little bit, but I I like it it's in a good way, good way. I hope. Yeah, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, I like it. It's all good. <laughs> So we're going to be talking, we've had a chat beforehand and we've talked about, oh my God, we could probably have like seven seven or eight shows in the last 20 minutes conversation. And what we've come up with is how to recognize um, how you're uh, disempowering yourself um, financially. So where are you disempowering yourself financially? And we were talking about abuse. We were talking about past trauma. We were talking about triggers, how people are treating you now. And it's like, hey, let's talk about this in a sense of, how people can recognise how right now they could be putting themselves in a disadvantage. Yeah. So let me
2: start by just saying. So I my background is I I had a um, I came from quite an abusive relationship. I was actually kept as a house a virtual house prisoner for five years. So I've done a lot of study on kind of the technicalities of abusive relationships and abuse. One of the questions people always ask me is like. Well, why didn't you just leave? Because by the time I, I, I um, he was technically a paedophile and he, I was um, with him from the age of 12. I was a house prisoner from 15 and I got out when I was 20. So a lot of that time I was technically an adult and technically could have just left. And, and I remember I was actually interviewed on the BBC and the um, you know, BBC guy said, Well, why didn't you just leave? And it's like, the fact that you asked that question means you have no clue as to what's gone on. So there are essentially five forms of domestic of abuse or violence. So we'll quickly run through those first. So the first is just emotional and that's where they just treat you meanly. They're nasty, they they call your names, they undermine you, they're critical. They're just, you know, just pick on you all the time. So, you know, emotional abuse, um, sometimes called psychological. Then there's um, sexual abuse. which can just, can be rape, but it can also be just control of the sexual relationship. They'll just, they'll, they'll decide you're not attractive enough, which again, links into the emotional abuse. Then there's social abuse and that's where they isolate you from your friends and family They make it not okay for you to be around people you love. And I mean, so, and that can also be that make it not okay for you to even go out and work, which then leads to the fourth form, which is financial abuse. I'm going to actually just park that one because I want to go into that one a little bit more depth for this. Um, uh, And then the, the fifth one is physical abuse. And the reason most women who are, the vast majority of women who are in relationships that would probably be classically labeled abusive, but because they're not physically beaten, they'll actually, um, they'll kind of like dismiss it as not that bad. And I I did that. But the reason, you know, he doesn't need to hit you is because you got no friends, no family, no self-confidence, no self-respect and no money. Mm. So they don't need to to physically beat you to get you to stay or control you. And the, one of the key ones there is financial, like that financial, and it doesn't necessarily need to be abusive. It's just financial coercion or manipulation or disempowerment. So like, some, there are just some really obvious signs, which probably that you know the people you work with maybe don't fall into this some of these categories. But like some women don't have their own bank account, so they have no, they don't even have a credit rating, and and they might. Some of them might, you know, they they might have a access to the joint account, and that's that's okay. That's like a step better. But some, like I I would definitely encourage. And you know, you'll speak to this way better than I will. But get your own account, get a credit card so that you're getting a credit rating, even if it has like you know fifty quid limit. Just show the banking industry you know how to deal with money. So so like if you if you have to ask someone every time you want to spend some money. You are fundamentally disempowered. You are saying, I don't have the rights over my own financial well-being, so I'll put that in your hands and you decide for me. Mm. And that's kind of, that's the disempowering thing to do. Um, the other thing that can happen that's sort of in that I see, um, I mean, we're talking kind of quite extreme narcissistic level relationships, but sometimes it happens on a, like a fairly subtle level. So this is where he just controls the money. He decides on the budgets. He decides what we what gets spent on what and, you know, where you go on holiday and how much you've got for the car and whatever. And so you end up just not, you know, you might get a little bit like the housekeeping and, and maybe out of that, you can scrape together some personal spending money. But that's fundamentally, if you don't have access to your own funds that you know are yours. You don't have power. You don't, you're no. disempowered. That's kind of, the, I guess, the definition of being disempowered. Mm. Um, and uh, so some of the other ways i like, i what do you think of um, what comes to mind when you because you work a lot with
1: yeah um, i mean i i see it in much more subtle ways um and a lot of women that i work with are sort of they're they're the other side of the coin going yeah hell no <laughs> they're saying I, I, you know, they, they're the main breadwinners or they've got started their own business and they're contributing that much more. But if I think back to the communities that I work with maybe longer ago, maybe five or six years ago, and you know, you've got a lot of maybe new mums, and you could really see the difference in the conversation as to how they're, the, as a couple, they're coming together in terms of how the conversation has gone. So if the conversation has gone something along the lines of, we're going to have children together and um, you're going to look after the children and I'm going to be non-gender specific I'm just going to say a is going to look after the children b is going to have the full-time career and a is possibly going to work part-time or more local job or actually have to give up work um, or they could be in a situation where they decide actually they're going to put the child into full-time child care nursery and between them they're going to pick up the child the child um, in terms of you know you'll do mondays and wednesdays i'll do thursday fridays and i'll work from home on a whatever right there is a and there's a there's a conversation there's a framework you see the difference with that kind of couple so somebody who's in a relationship and it's basically like well you've had the kids a says you've had the kids or we've had this kid it doesn't even necessarily have to be a, 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 a normal conversation on having children and it's just assumed that Um, B is going to work full time and A is going to give up their career and stay at home and it's not even necessarily a conversation it's just that's what's happening. It's like
2: there's this assumption.
1: Yeah Yeah. and there's no conversation around okay so I do want to go back to work or um, I can't afford to go back to work because the child is more than what um, I would be getting paid like how are we going to how are we going to do that could I get a job clearer nearer to home it's just constantly of well you don't need to work don't bother and it's a form of that to me is a form of disempowering the other person where you're in a relationship. And I feel it's a responsibility of the person that is maybe going to work to reassure the other person that they're financially still going to be stable and secure, but also saying to them that this is a decision that we can do together. And so that they're not feeling that they're going to basically put themselves in a position where they have no other future options. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a slippery slope on that, that that side of things and I can usually cl- clearly see that the relationship differences and the conversations that people had and how, how in depth they've gone into those conversations as to where then things will be when the child reaches three or four and starting in school um, because then it's a case of they'd usually have had another child in the example of the female is still off work they've then had a career gap it's then harder for them to get a well-paid job or a well-paid consistent job because they've already had a gap in their employment. Are they employable as employable? Because would they have any more children? They're of childbearing age. And we then have fev- several dis- um, you know, inequalities in place because of that. So I see a lot of women actually keeping their jobs and putting their children in full-time childcare, even if it then means they're out of pocket, so to enable that that not to be an option. And obviously from a mortgage perspective, a lot of people are getting mortgages now not on one salary, but on two salaries. So they're, they're again, they're not financially in a position to, um, to allow that to happen. So when it's a case of that is allowed it to happen, it's a, for some women, it's their completely their choice to go, hey, I've got the financial choice. That's empowering. That's not disempowering to then say, I'm going to be a full-time mum, And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I was a full-time mum for about a year and a half when I had my first. However, what then happened is that I went to my partner and said, I don't want to stay as a a house mum. That's not my my bag. I can't do it. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to go and get a job. And he supported that transition. He didn't say you don't need to, don't worry about it. He didn't coerce me into anything. He just was there as a supportive partner. And that, to me, is a difference in a relationship. And the relationship and conversations around money um, need to be clearly frameworked. And what I see real issues with is that when there's a lack of confidence or, you know, especially when you've had children, you've maybe lost your job or you've been made redundant or you've had time out of maternity leave and you're only going back to a job that's not quite what it was before, there's so many things that can affect us mentally that then it's easier to be coerced it's, e- it's it's not as easy to see the signs where you're being maybe at a stretch manipulated at a worse ab- abusive relationship yeah. um and i think it's really important for women to understand that there should be boundaries and when things need to be pulled up and gone okay hang on this is not acceptable um, yeah and
2: I, I think you've hit on something really powerful there it's about when you know, a lot of the work I do is on um, uh, assisting people to release and clear painful emotions from the past. Sometimes I use the word trauma, but it doesn't need to be like a really hideous thing that's happened. It's just, you've got something that happens now, but it triggers an emotional pain from the past. So I, I I look a lot at, and I I work a lot with, with um, I work a lot with women who are actually, they've got subtle, mild trauma and they spend their life trying to avoid being triggered, and one of the ways it's like so emotions have a purpose, right? You know, I, we talk about releasing negative emotions and being positive and always focusing on the positive. And I actually think that actually does us all a really great disservice. And it's one of the ways that we end up um, like kind of disempowering ourselves because. Um, so I, I when I grew up, I well I still have an older brother. He doesn't play this game with me anymore, but I always say this game of you know where your older brother hides your favorite thing. And then they play, make this game, and they make you play this game where they say, you're getting colder, colder, warmer, warmer, warmer. And I, that's the purpose of emotions. Emotions are to guide us towards what we want and away from what we don't want. So when we get, you know, when we're having an experience that we don't want, i.e. your partner saying something or behaving in a way, or there's a financial situation or a financial discussion and somebody's saying, yeah, you don't need to work, you need to stay home. And you're going, oh, I don't like that emotion that, you know the emotional response you feel is the best sign mm. that that's not for you. Yeah. Or that it is for you. If you're going, oh, phew, that's fantastic. That's my life. I want to spend my time with my kids. Great. And if yeah. it's not for you, great. Now you know <laughs> that <laughs> because emotions yeah. are like they are your like they are your inner compass and inner guidance.
1: Mm. And I think
2: I think one of the things that we just need to be careful with with our emotional inner guidance is one of the things I say is people will spend a lot of money sometimes to numb or avoid pain, but they won't spend money or I say what I call, they won't invest money in removing the cause of the pain.
1: Mm.
2: So, um, you know, I, I, like we talked um, before about investing in your own business. So obviously mm. my business is I train people to be professional coaches. So I have a professional coach um, Program where people train to be a practitioner in conscious emotional transformation. They get a certi- they, they get certified. They can join the association. They can go out and work with clients and charge thousands. But guess what? It's a training program. It also costs money, but it's an investment, and it's actually about the same as probably a family You know, some families might spend on their holiday. It's probably a lot less than some families would spend on their holidays, actually. Um, but um, you know, and it's like if pe- there are people who will say think nothing of spending 10,000 on a family holiday,
1: mm.
2: and you think about it, you got some photos, you'll have some memories. Even at weeks, months, years, certainly down the line, your life is unlikely, unless something very interesting happened on that holiday, unlikely to be fundamentally very different.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yet you and I know, because we've both invested in our businesses, you and I both know that there'll be an investment we made in our business that that one investment has completely changed the course of our business yeah and like you know that that you know you would probably if someone said it was three times that now or 10 times that you'd go I still think
1: I'd still do it yeah 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 Yeah, and, and that investing piece is I think in the conversation of being disempowered if you're recognizing that that you know if you've got and I, I've had this in in my relationship with my partner where I've had to say to myself hang on a minute, it, it wasn't him causing the problem right it was me right it wasn't him doing anything wrong he asked me a, a basic question as to why something was now I sort of straight away got very defensive <laughs> and I had a very strong emotional um, reaction and triggered by this question because I felt that it was very there was going to be like some sort of Flip on it. It was going to be whatever I said was going to be wrong, or whatever I did was going to be wrong. And it felt like it was just going to be turned back on me somehow. And I was in a, a, a triggered emotional response, regardless of what he said, or even if he said it really nicely with a bunch of flowers, I still would have gone mad. right um, and that's <laughs> I was so curious as to what that question was. But anyway, that's not the point. But. No, no. And it was just, it, it's you know, I've been with him 21 years. It's happened more than once, right? Uh, sure. In relationships, take you know, that stuff happened. This was a particular thing that came up this, this week. And I looked back and I thought, yeah, I, I'm, I'm being triggered. What, what is triggering me? Why am I so emo- emotional about this? What is really going on? And I don't know if I quite figured out, but I, at least I was able to go, okay, I'm, I'm reacting here. And when we start to see trends over a period of time, which is why I love journaling, if we start to see trends emotionally that we're acting negatively towards the same you know maybe one week and then a week goes past you're okay and then the next week you're feeling like the same way again it's definitely worthwhile exploring and speaking to somebody even if it's a girlfriend or journaling it or reaching out and finding you know some specialist that you know I think would be right right kind of person to talk to um so figure out if it's if it is in your head or if there's actually something more going on, if, if is there is there trauma trauma from the past, or is your your partner you know do it, you know positioning and psychologically manipulating the situation, you know it, is it in your head? Well, I know from i am I'm I'm not saying my partner's a narcissistic at all, but you know there can be people that are in relationships where conversations are manipulated you you do get to and and i know from um there's a particular lady called caroline strawson that specializes in narcissistic behavior and i've um something she shared i shared for my community recently was talking about um how they can um actually question things or position things over a period of time to get you to think a certain way or to act a certain way um, and I, I I found that fascinating. I'm, I, maybe I'm just com- completely na- naive to to this. And then I but I hear it through clients who have spoken to me, and they would tell me, yeah, they, they he, he I mean I think we were talking before, and you talked about how being disempowered, he went and got loads of debt. And I see a lot of women having to clear partners' old debt, even when they've divorced, they've inherited the debt, and there was this disempowering process. And it was always made to believe it was their fault, or they were made to believe that it, it would, if it wasn't for them, it'd be a different situation. And I just find, I just find that fascinating, that whole psychological piece.
2: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's really interesting when you talk about the debt, because like, so one of the ways that that um, you know, if somebody's in a an, an abusive relationship, or even just a manipulative one. And sometimes it's not conscious. I, I do want to be clear, you know, sometimes mm. we all get ourselves into this kind of a dynamic where you realize, oh, actually, this is what's going on. And I wasn't aware of it. And they weren't aware of it. It's not like, we, you know, somebody will go and go, like, ha ha, I'm going to abuse this person. It just kind of evolves. So, um, so you know, one of the ways is that, that I'll just use, you know, I'll try and be gender neutral, but person A... <laughs> gets like will maybe maybe they've got a gambling issue person a will go out and gamble and then person b ends up paying off the debts Mm. person a may have like they might want to buy you know have a particular shopping fetish you know whether it's fast cars or fancy clothes or you know or nice jewelry and they'll just like always be going and getting the you know the next thing Mm. and then person b ends up paying it off and it might also be and it can also be in a very like un. So person A may go out and buy a lavish holiday present for person B, but mm. fundamentally both people are now in debt.
1: Yeah.
2: But person A looks great because he's so right. I just I said, he, person A he, is so generous. I said hey. <laughs> like, he's so <laughs> generous. Or you know, person A, they're so generous. They've taken them on holiday, they've bought them this. How could person B possibly want to leave or not appreciate that, even though it's what that's happened? Is what's happened is it's person B is now paying off the credit card or trying to figure out how to you know remortgage to clear that debt. But
1: that that can come in so many ways, couldn't it? It could be like who's looking after the children, it doesn't always have to be a a financial thing, does it? Because time is money and time is meaning you know your commitment to things. I know that with myself, my partner and I, we've got like a, a sort of a a balance going on and um, i am the main um caregiver for the children so unless i say right i've got this thing going on can you do this it's assumed that i'm dropping them off and picking them up um because he might be in london he might not and and that that's cool we've had that done it for like 10 years we, we've got a good little thing going on i'm going away next weekend for a business trip and it's like can you pick the kids up on the friday at four o'clock because i'm not going to be here Yep, yeah, that's cool no problem um, i need you to take a day off it's you know they're it's, it's, it's all good but there are relationships where um it's almost like assumed so much and i see this quite a lot where especially with women in business where they're having to keep the house in order they're having to keep the you know be this perfect housewife they're having to cook dinner put dinner on a table i hardly ever cook dinner my husband normally does um because i'm busy working kind of catch up from picking up the kids and everything else um and um also uh, you know homeschooling potentially over covid or um, you know, arranging for them to have their playmates and having this sort of Mary Poppins effect, if you like. And then, you know, how do we do it all? This super one woman effect, which I totally you know, don't think is even a thing. I think there's always something that's got to give. And I think what's important is it's not you that has to break to, to allow it to give. Um, and therefore, having the boundaries and knowing where you are emotionally is really, really important. Um, I mean, is there anything that you would advise people to do about how to set those boundaries, how to start having those conversations with people without shouting or being triggered? So I I do, so yeah, I've got a couple of
2: um, top tips and thoughts and and like a place to start from. So first of all, I I also wanna challenge the idea that um, that shouting isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm
1: -hmm. So long
2: as you don't stay in the shouting all shouting means and in fact it was um like so I once had a row with my husband but we actually were and it was really funny because I was getting so annoyed with something and he's like he started saying well don't shout and I said I'm not shouting at you I'm shouting near you <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think you know I think it's I think we need to all give up the number one thing I would say is give yourself permission to feel what you feel mm. And to be okay, because I think one of the things, the most dangerous things that we can ever do is deny ourselves access to the, the. like this is our internal compass. This is our internal, our like, you know, imagine your whole life is guided by a control panel of switches and dials and every single dial you covered up. And then you're trying to drive, you know, imagine trying to drive your car blind with no dashboard and you're not even allowed to look out the windows. Like. This tells you: Are you going in the right direction? Are you going at the right speed? Is there something wrong with your car? Is there something wrong that you need to pay attention to? So, mm. and if, in the moment when you get access to your emotions, you shout, that's okay, as long as yeah. you're not like, you know, hideously abusive. It's like, okay, I'm shouting. That's good. <laughs> that's that's a sign that's important. Be okay yeah. with that. So, like, forgive yourself or anything like that. So, um, the other thing I think that's really important with um, boundaries and being empowered is. It, so there's a couple of um, sort of psychological um, thoughts that I think might be useful. One is the idea of triggers and trauma, and we often have this idea that you must have had some really hideous experience in the past, and that that triggers you now, and you have to do all these things to avoid triggers. And actually, what the way the way um, the way I work is, we actually we don't need to go in to analyze it. So I I think of it as like a trigger is like having a stone in your shoe and if you're walking along and every time you put your, your right foot down it hurts and then you might be tempted to think I'm a hopper <laughs> and, you know I'm just the sort of person I don't I don't do I hop everywhere and this like so what we do is we limit ourselves to avoid feeling the pain when actually the pain is there to say you might want to take the stone out of your shoe and and then the mistake <laughs> often people make is <laughs> is that they think that they have to go back and you know if you've got a stone in your in your shoe rebecca what well, you you'd probably just take it out am
1: i right right yeah I'll just yeah We would take it out yeah totally. yeah
2: i and then there's this idea with a lot of therapies they're kind of old school therapies where you just you know you sit around and you talk about it and you discuss what happened and analyze it and i think of that as a bit like well you've got a stone in your shoe that's hurting you do you a take it out or do you b analyze the chemical composition of the stone and the uh, you know, the nature of the street that you were walking on and the ground and the shoe and what was the weather doing on the day and who else were you with and what were you thinking when the stone got in? It's like, or do you just take the friggin' stone out? Yeah. And so so I think it's important to understand that if we start from a place of being as clear from pain from the past or triggers or stones in our shoes as possible, we're much less likely to have the past running the present right and you know when you talked about your husband asked you a question and you're immediately a whole train of thought starts happening oh he's thinking this now I'm guessing you know or does he mean that or maybe I shouldn't be now sometimes that happens because so it's entirely possible for us to be doing something to be being in a particular way but there's either a limiting belief that we have that we're kind of Consciously, constantly fighting against, and uh, you know, I use this terminal, uh, this thing. It's like if your steering of your car is always pointing in that direction, when you're steering, if you want to go forward, you're going to constantly have to fight it. Yeah, if, you're, if the tracking on your car's off, you're mm. constantly steering in the other direction, and that takes effort. You can't mm. take your hands off the wheel and it goes straight.
1: Mm. And you know,
2: it's that's why we get our tracking done, by the way, girls. <laughs> that's what that's for, and um. And if we have a limiting belief, and so so what happens is we're constantly fighting to keep us, so we're on track, we're getting the results we want, but at an additional cost, because there's this thing trying to pull us off track, which is that limiting belief. And sometimes it shows up with that, you know, that that triggered response of, well, so you know, he's just pointed out that or done something that brings into your awareness that actually your tracking is off. And there's a limiting belief that maybe you're behaving in a particular way, investing in your business. Yeah, and you know, makes logical sense to invest in your business this way. You've run the numbers, you've done the spreadsheet, you're going to get a return, it's cool. But there's a limiting belief that says something like, oh but Rebecca you're not really good enough to invest or who are you to invest or who are you to do that or you're not good enough you're not
1: questioning it and in in maybe just a polite lovely normal conversational way but because you're feeling sensitive towards that subject you completely take it the wrong way and what what they've done beautifully and we should always be grateful
2: when somebody does this is when you said if you're questioning it and then they question it it's like if you're already questioning like unconsciously out of your awareness and then somebody so, so why are we doing it like this and you actually go you're already thinking we shouldn't be doing it like this you might become overly defensive trying to prove to yourself we're doing it like this because and it's mm. or whatever
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Getcha, get it yeah so um what sort of tips would you give people then in terms of if they're recognizing these maybe there's some bits and pieces they're recognizing with conversations or things in their head or where would where should they start well, uh, uh, is it okay if I share a,
2: a, a free resource that I have? Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Um, so, I, so I've developed this process and it's called Conscious Emotional Transformation and it, uh, it's, I'm going to give people access to the home study version completely free. Oh, thank and you. what it does is, it does pretty much what it says on the tin. It transforms emotions that you're conscious of. And, okay. uh, and uh, essentially what it does is it clears all emotional trauma and pain from the past Without mm-hmm. having to analyze it or understand it or go in, you know, spend hours in in the chair, it clears in a matter of hours. takes four to six hours. If I was working with wow. someone, clear in a in a matter of hours what most other therapies and um, processes might take years if they ever achieve. So that's the first thing pretty I awesome.
1: Do... I think I'm just going to do it just to see if it, you know, even without even thinking, there's traumas and stuff. Because I've done a lot of work on myself in the past through other other ways, but hey, if it's in the subconscious, I wouldn't know about it. So it sounds like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give that a go anyway. (laughs) I would, I mean, I I mean, I'll just be really clear. It will take you, if you did the whole process um, take, you'd probably
2: want to set aside uh, an afternoon, like two to three hours if you're doing it on yourself. There's some exercises to fill in. And a lot of people go, well, I listened to the meditation and it didn't work. And it's like, did you do the homework first? And by the way, it's not a meditation. And I say that at the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> and and I, so the first bit of the homework is you need to fill in. So it's just journaling. And I literally, and I bet everyone should do this because it will raise your awareness. Yeah. Get a notebook and write, uh, get a um, blank page at the top of page one or a page, blank page, write, I'm angry about, and then just let it all flow. <laughs> don't analyze it, don't try and understand it, just write it all down. And then on the next page, write, I'm sad about. And everything that brings you sadness, as you think about it now, everything that brings you sadness and then on the next page uh, so you do, we do anger sadness fear i'm afraid of hurts i've been hurt by and guilt i'm guilty of and then uh, and then what you do is if you know you've got limiting beliefs about not being good enough just list those because the process will release those off well. if you can write more than two things in fact if you can write one thing on each emotion one event one thing then you're, you're, you would have what we would call trauma like, and you would have it's not people often think of trauma as like you've had some you know been locked in a cupboard for five years I wasn't locked in a cupboard but I was I was kept as a house prisoner but it doesn't necessarily mean that it means that the the body the nervous system mm. is experiencing a traumatic response in yeah. the present yeah and that can be, it's just like oh there's something there it's just the guidance so if you can, if you start with those, that's that's a really powerful way of going, of being bringing into your awareness.
1: Brilliant. So we're sending, we'll are we'll definitely share that resource. If you send me the link, I'll put it I in the I will send you rate. the link and I will
2: tell you what it is. So if you go to, uh, I'm going to drop it in the chat box right now. So if you go to my website, which is www.psychademy.co.uk forward slash set hyphen gift. And I'm going to spell that all for you. So psychademy, p s y c a d E M Y is in psychology, Adam is in academy, no H. .co.uk forward slash C E T hyphen gift. C E T stands for conscious emotional transformation. I'm just going to pop that in the little chat box. There is the link going right. You just need to pop your name and email address. And, and just so we're really clear, this is, this is uh, it's completely free. There's no, you know, nobody will call you or anything like that. All we'll ask is, this is all I ask, pay it forward.
1: Uh, okay yeah that's all I ask
2: if you benefit but so actually I'd ask two things I do I'm very very greedy very selfish number one please use it is it only works if you use it yeah so please use it and number two is just pay it forward gift it on to as many people even if it's just one and they gift it on see I I have this crazy belief a crazy beautiful belief that pretty much every decision every piece of bad leadership every piece of Um, Bad health, bad um, wealth—you know everything that goes on in the world that doesn't serve us as individuals or us as a society—is because people are trying to protect themselves from emotional pain from the past, and so they'll try and hide it. And one of the things—and so if we live in a world where people are free from emotional pain from the past we live in a world where people are making like you probably know you can have conversations with people where they can go logically it makes perfect sense to do this mortgage do this pension do this investment and not do this other thing and you know that they'll probably go home they'll think nothing of spending a same similar amount of money as you're suggesting on netflix eating out and cigarettes yeah or chocolate and one of the things they say is people will frequently spend but like way more money than they are aware of than they even realize on doing things to avoid and numb the pain yeah Yeah. rather than actually they won't invest time or money in clearing that at source
1: only when they're ready unfortunately for a lot of people they're only when they when they're ready um, the rest of the time they they avoid the, the, the pain um, because it's it's easier but I think with people that who want to grow and want to develop and they're much more self-aware then yeah yeah then they're more more willing Can I get on
2: my hobby horse for a moment when you said this thing about when, for a minute yeah <laughs> when you said just for a moment when you said people when they're ready because the thing is I think the reason people think about think about it like this is because there's a perception that it's hard that it mm. takes a long time, mm. that it's really uncomfortable, that yeah. you've got to um, feel really bad about yourself, that totally, healing is yeah. painful. And I actually think I really, really believe passionately that if we live in a world where where solving the problem is easy, like because it is with set, solving the problem is way easier than holding on to it. And if we can raise awareness of that, and I I believe that set is for emotions, what penicillin is for bacteria and it's like you would think you know oh no I don't know if I'm ready to take antibiotics yet I'll just be sick a bit longer I no one would really do that really (laughs) I'm not going to take the medicine because I'm just you know I'm not ready I'm not ready for that you know it's like because we have this perception that it's difficult
1: yeah it's very very true so before we wrap up today um I would love to ask you a very quick question is what does wealth mean to you
2: wealth means to me i think it is all about freedom to choose freedom to choose because i you know i see people get trapped in jobs they don't like living in houses and environments that they don't want to live in living with people they don't want to live with because they don't have the financial independence to make a decision to move out of that
1: mm. so i think
2: wealth is freedom
1: totally agree well it's lovely having you today lisa it's lovely to see you again um we, we met, obviously met a few years ago now and um, so it's really nice to see you again and um i'll let you know when the show's
0: out thank you for joining us i look us. forward to it take care <laughs> you too thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximising it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximise your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.